When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. What is this? A new podcast? New podcast. First, first one of September. I don't know if it's a new season or not. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Hi, everybody. Welcome to After 9. We are back. Good week off for me anyway. I uh, stayed local. I, I did a lot of stuff around town. So I think everybody knows I'm from Burlington. I was uh, down by the waterfront so much. Oh, it's nice there. I've been to a couple restaurants there. It's beautiful. Can I brag just a little bit? Uh, Sure. I'm going to say. Make it worth it. I know that this is going to be a hot take. The Burlington waterfront, in fact, Burlington in general, one of the most underrated cities in Canada. If you want access to the water, Mm -hmm. nice restaurants, all kinds of unique shops and things like that. Plus, you want uh, uh, an Ikea, which we have, a Costco, <laughs> which we have, yeah. a Chick-fil-A, which is opening soon, and a Dave's Hot Chicken about to open. It's all in Burlington. You can go and sit through the traffic of Toronto all you want, but really, the place to be is downtown B-Town. I passed you right by going to the falls mm. this oh, long weekend. I saw you were in the falls. Were you just doing touristy stuff with the kids, or were you down yeah. there for work? Or? We kind of have like a, a tradition in our family, we realize, of going every Labor Day. So we thought we'd make it like three in a row now at this point. So we went, uh, we went and stayed in the falls. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Kids have a good time? Yeah, very good. Clifton Hill still rocking? Clifton Hill is f- slammed, Scott. And everything is just pricey and it's dumb. We we did a couple of like the houses and things like that, right? Like the, there's fun houses and all those things. And some of them are cool. We already knew the ones that were not worth it. But just so you know, some of them are not worth it. <laughs> in case you didn't know that and you've never been before. Like you spend like $60 for a family of four to go like go through something. And you're like, yeah. And then you go through two rooms. You're like, exit. Like what, what the fuck? What the fuck did I just pay sixty dollars for? Like I don't understand. But yeah, it's uh, it's it was fun. It was really good. It was really good. Perfect weather for it. Actually, we were there on the day that was like clear and twenty five. Like just a perfect day. Not too hot. Not like it is today, and it will be tomorrow. It's just gross, guys. It's uh, forty two degrees with the humidity. Forty two yeah. degrees Celsius is and... just obnoxious. But we go right back down to normal. In just a couple of days. So only a couple more days of this heat. And and I didn't even realize until we were on vacation last week and I heard Anthony Farnell, global news meteorologist, point out that we didn't have a single day above 30 degrees in August. Not one day oh. went over 30 this August. Interesting. So, so, stro- so strange. It is strange. But can I just say I like it that way? Me too. I don't want it to go over 30. I'm, I'm picky. I want it to be 25. There's a lot of issues to take up in this edition of After 9. I've been seeing your DMs while we were off, and you got to talk about this. You got to talk about that. I know. We're going to talk about as many different things as we can in this half-hour episode. So we'll start off with this. It's the first day of back to school. And this is somewhat new, because we used to say it's just back to school, because everybody went back. But now, there's a couple of different back to school days, because some boards have opted to make today... A PD day. 
Yes. And I don't know if parents love or hate that. I'm trying to figure it out. I know it's confusing because we've got boards that don't line up, Catholic versus public, and this covers this area and that covers that area. It's confusing, I think, en masse for a lot of people. I, for me as well, who had to put together the goddamn list for the news I this know. morning. It's all over the map. But I, I don't... I guess the reason for giving a PD day today is so that they can train the staff on the things that they need to know for the upcoming school year, and you can't ask them to come in before the school year starts, which technically is today. But you can for the Catholic board? Well, I I think it's different arrangements with different unions, nearest I can tell anyway. I mean, the administrators and the, the secretaries and the custodians and stuff, they were all in school last week. I know there's some boards that won't even allow teachers to set up their classroom before today because no staff in the building until school starts and it's a weird thing i don't know i mean it all is controlled by the ministry of education but we've all gone sideways on different pd days i really do wish they'd line up because i'm thinking in particular about a teacher who say lives in kitchener but teaches in say halton and their kid might not have school today but they've got to go to work and it's a weird thing i don't understand why they don't just get everybody on the same page again can we not figure this out yeah i'm not sure why i'm not sure why either and then it's always interesting because it always screws up the end of the year as well we're never on track the same in the end of the year where it's like some schools are done on the on like a tuesday the others are on a friday it's kind of all over the place depending the pd days and pa days do they just call them PA days? Like we call them PA days. Uh, I mean, days. it's a development day. It's PD? for yeah. I mean, I saw some of the agendas because you know that they have to publish the agendas now for for PD days because yes. parents have got to know who's speaking to the teachers and who's indoctrinating them with what. So they they have to. I didn't know that. Like I knew that we had to know the days in advance for as parents. It's very important, I think, for sure. But I didn't know that we could know the entire schedule for the day. Now they post the content. Oh, like, hey, today the educators are getting some DEI what? training about this, and this is the speaker, and they're going to learn the new fire root drills from the okay. fire department yeah. and all that sort of shit. But that's the sort of stuff that they get done on days like today. And, of course, they get their classroom set up. And yeah, Sometimes they find it handy, I think, at least the teachers I speak to. Sometimes they're like, I learned something. But just like you, just like a work meeting, any work meeting at any place, sometimes you'll learn stuff and it's really good and other times times you're like that was pointless so i'm sure it's like that with that with those too right on the first day of back to school tuesday september the 5th will we have a strike in any way in education this year what do you think oh my gosh i I, honestly i have no idea i have no idea because i speak with some people who are pretty sure that it will happen that, that know a thing or two right and i speak with other people who know a thing or two that say no a lot of the teachers that i'm friends with i've spoke to about it and they say they hope not their, their hope is to not have to disrupt a kid's school year. But, uh, of course, that's always the way. You never want to disrupt a child's school year, especially because it's been a rocky several years uh, for kids as it is, right? And teachers, you know, as it is. So do we want to disrupt all of that? No. I just want teachers to get what they want, what they need, though. You know what I mean? I shouldn't even say what they want. It's what it's about necessity in some cases. Yeah. I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. It, a teacher needs to be able to afford to live where they teach. And, and we can't have a, a situation where teachers who at least half of them now are making over $100,000 a year, and that's not even close to the cost of living. So we have to pay them a a reasonable, livable wage, and if they go on strike because of that, well, I guess then that's just poor negotiating or poor running the country because the cost of living has Mm -hmm. gone crazy. Uh, Just today, a new poll of economists came out because tomorrow the Bank of Canada is going to make an interest rate announcement. Last week, we found out that the economy contracted in July. 
That's not good. If it contracts twice in a row, it's a technical recession. So it contracted when they thought it was going to grow. So this is way off, and that got people thinking, okay, maybe they won't raise interest rates. Maybe they see that we're about to head into a real deep recession. Maybe they'll even cut interest rates. Doesn't look that way. 97% of economists expect that they're going to leave interest rates alone when they make that announcement tomorrow. I mean, I think that's good news for most people. I don't understand how some people are doing it, so I couldn't imagine they raised it again. That's that's some some good news. I know things still aren't great for a lot of people, but all right. Uh, Premier Ford has written a letter to the Bank of Canada asking them, please don't raise interest rates again. That's now two premiers that have asked the Bank of Canada, please don't raise Please stop. Rates. Please stop. Well, you're absolutely right, Kat. How the hell are people doing it? Yeah. I mean, the cost is crazy. And if they try and raise those interest rates again, I just, I, I guess I say this every time they raise interest rates. I don't know how people are doing it. And somehow they keep doing it. But uh, if they raise it again, I think we're just going to hit a real catastrophic point. But I did hear an interesting conversation uh, during the time that we were off. And it was about interest rates and the economy growing and things like that. And there's some people who are doing quite well right now. There's others who are struggling quite a bit. And, and one of the questions was, well, if Canadians are really that bad off. How are all these businesses still open? How are restaurants not closing on mass? How are stores not laying people off? Where are all these people that have got all the money if the economy is that bad? So I don't know if this is right or wrong or if there's any way to quantify this, but tell me if I'm on the right track. The suggestion was there are so many people living with their parents in their parents' basement mm living with roommates that or have vice versa, by the way, some parents having to do that with their kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. so many people in that situation that because they can't get a place to live that money that they would have been spending on rent, they can use that to buy Taylor Swift tickets for 700 bucks a piece. They can use that to buy nice, new, fancy cars. In other words, people have given up on the idea of home ownership or even finding an affordable place to rent. So they're stuck where they are and the disposable income they do have, they're actually spending. So that would kind of create a false sense of, well, people are spending, but those aren't people that have the same commitments as homeowners and people who have rent. Mm -hmm. Is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I, oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I really hope they leave those interest rates alone or, hey, that'd be real nice if they actually drop them tomorrow. That'd be handy if they could. Uh, we were talking about the teachers and their wages. I just want to get this on your radar. It's still just over a week away, but next week, the United Auto Workers say they will walk off the job if they don't have a new contract agreement by September the 14th. Uh -oh. All the cars manufactured in America, a hundred thousand auto workers could walk off the job next week. And do you want to know what this is over? Money. Of course. The union wants... And I should, I'm not even judging. There was a time when I would have read this and said they are out to lunch. But now, I don't know if they are. The union is asking for a 46% pay increase. Whoa. That is not a typo. Whoa. They want a 46% pay increase. They want a 32-hour work week, but for 40 hours of pay. In other words, they want a four-day work week and paid for 40 hours. And they want a restoration of traditional pensions. Well, that's going to drive the cost of a new vehicle way up. <laughs> not to mention, well, yeah, that and also like, are we worried about not having enough vehicles? Because we kind of already went through something like that. 
Yeah, we're in kind of a shortage, we're aren't we? We're in a shortage. We still are in a shortage, yeah, for sure. If you buy a new car, depending on what kind of car you want to buy, you might get lucky and, oh, yeah, one just came in. But chances are you're going to be waiting weeks or months to get your new car. Which is why, like, it's it's good to cash in on your car if, if that's your... If you can manage to get a, a car you actually want, they're offering, like, insane prices. Like, our truck went for more than what we bought it for recently. Oh, you we sold, sold your truck? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it went for... Oh, no. No, no we got no. A, we got a great new car. Um, but we... It, like it's insane right now because that's why like the used inventory is really what there is. So the dealerships are spending tons of money just trying to get their hands on whatever inventory they can. So it's an interesting time to begin with, let alone whatever might happen with this. Hey, I um, we're in a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. So there's obviously people are struggling to make ends meet. We all understand that. And it makes sense then, okay, well, if we can't afford to work here or live here, then we need a raise. Many businesses are pointing out, okay, but if we start giving out all these raises to try and match the cost of living, that's just going to make the cost of everything go through the roof. They're saying now our grocery prices are going to have to go up again because uh-huh. Metro gave their employees such a sweetheart deal. That got worked out when we were off too. The, those Metro yeah. stores reopened today. Why the hell was Metro making such a big deal out of a buck fifty an hour? They left people out on strike for a month over a dollar fifty an hour. What were they making an hour to begin with, though? I mean, it's probably like, I don't know who. What was it? Minimum wage only? Was it? Uh, in a lot of cases, of I mean, for the part-time employees, it probably was minimum wage with those gradual increases that you get. It just seems like a weird hill for Metro to want to die on. We all see their quarterly profit numbers. We know they're making billions oh, of dollars. Tons. Why on earth would they be that upset and want to piss off their entire workforce? Mm-hmm. Over between a dollar fifty and four dollars an hour. Yeah. yeah. Then you hear the auto workers want a forty-six percent pay increase. It's gonna have to drive up the prices. Or we can just get the prices under control now so that people don't have these cost of living challenges, and that might also solve the problem. It's a weird time we're in. It is just crazy when it comes to money. But I want to move on to a couple other things here. We uh I'm gonna get your take on a couple of things. The auto air show, air show. Oh, yeah. Was this weekend at the X. Okay, yep. It doesn't matter how old I get or where I am. I will look up if I hear a jet and I will sing the Top Gun Danger Zone song. Oh, you song do? See, and I, I love, yeah, I love, I, I get excited when a plane drives over, like it drives over, when I drive under a plane oh, ahead, overhead. I love it. Did you see any of the snowbirds or the blue no, angels or anything any like that? No, no, no. But I, I do enjoy the air show. When I can go, if I can go to one, like there's one in London coming up this weekend. Yeah, I might go. Uh, CNE, ugh, fuck that parking scared me. So I didn't even go. <laughs> that whole thing is like, it just seems so packed there. I can't, I can't, Scott. I can't do it. Some people want the air show canceled because the sound of fighter jets overhead is triggering for them. If they've come from a country that was war torn and things oh, like that. Oh, Okay. It's also people uh, making a similar argument that that's why we shouldn't have fireworks either because it's triggering for people because they resemble the sound of a gunshot. Is it, t- and we're in a climate emergency apparently, is it time to ban the air show then? And would you be okay with saying, ah, you know what? It scares some people and it burns a lot of jet fuel. So fuck it. We're not doing the air show anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I'm the type, I had a dog that, that had a bad reaction to fireworks growing up. Okay. So that whole thing, I saw it firsthand. I haven't, not that I'm saying it doesn't exist if I don't see it, but I'm just saying I I haven't seen much about 
the airplanes. Like this is the first time I'm actually hearing about it. Is there a big of an outcry? Yeah. Over that? Yeah. Every, See, I've never heard that. Yeah. That's new to me. There's uh, uh, apparently some people okay. that are very easily triggered because of the okay. f- fighter jets over it. Now, th- th- I get it. Maybe where you came from, there used to be fighter jets, and that was probably a very dangerous situation. Uh, maybe you're coming here, or you're new here from Ukraine, where they had a lot of jets flying overhead recently. They aren't armed. They aren't dropping bombs or anything like that. They're just flying around in circles and doing donuts and buzzing the CN Tower. And I don't think we can even do apples to apples on that slash fireworks, um, setting people off. Because fireworks can be set off by anyone anywhere and you can buy them around the corner. You're not buying jets around the corner Mm -hmm. and flying them over top of communities. There's a place and a time for them. So if you know that that may affect you and you know it's happening at the CNE this weekend in London on that weekend or wherever else it might be, then you probably just avoid it, right? I would think so. I mean, kind of like an allergy to something. You probably avoid, you know, spots that are going to trigger that. So why would you not avoid spots that trigger that too? That's correct, good analogy. Me, correct me if I'm wrong. Officials in the Northwest Territories are making preparations as thousands of evacuees are now on track to return home starting Wednesday. Excuse me. They're still not allowed home? Wow. Fuck's going on here? They've been out of their homes for like three weeks. Oh. The fire never once touched the Northwest Territories. Never, or sorry, Yellowknife. It never burned a single centimeter of Yellowknife. We evacuated these people from three weeks and they still can't go back to their homes? I didn't know that, that they were still out too. Northwest Territory Emergency Management Organization information officers say over 2,000 people have pre-registered to be on re-entry flights following a call to do so on Saturday. So we're going to fly people in that we flew out and people are allowed to drive home, but they're still blocking off access to the city. There was never a fire there. I get that there was fires around it and it looked a little precarious for a while, but people's homes are fine. Well, the fuck aren't they allowed to go back to their home? And can you actually tell somebody you're not allowed to go home? Cat, if there was forest fires burning and there was a mandatory evacuation, Mandatory doesn't actually mean mandatory. It's not like they're going to drag you to jail if you refuse to leave your house. That's right. That's right. But you know the what could happen if you don't, right? Sure. They warned you. They tried. Don't try to sue anybody over that, right? Well, I didn't know the fire was and hot. It's, and it's an insurance thing too, right? Insurance can that way easily say to you, well, you shouldn't have been in there. Some You got hurt, right? Or something like that. Who knows? There's lots of different reasons why. And I get that. I'm just thinking, so those people who said, nope, I'm not evacuating. I'm going to stay. You are allowed to stay in your home. But if you did evacuate, if you did follow the instructions of emergency management officials, you just plain can't go home. It's not like you can say, ah, the worst of it's over. It's been a couple of days. I'm going to head back home. These people have been out of their homes for three weeks and the cops will not let them go back. And I don't understand why. This is Canada. You can't prevent somebody from going home. What is going on here? Rhetorical questions, but I mean... Holy cow, this has dragged on way, way too long. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
Uh, you know what else is dragging on too is this actor strike and writer strike. I honestly, uh, there seems to be no end in sight there. I'm because I, I got my eye on this hard, and I'm not seeing an end. I don't see an end to it anytime soon. And here's what I don't understand about that, and the reason it comes up today is because the Toronto International Film Festival kicks off on Thursday. Normally, one of the biggest film festivals of the year. This year. There's not really going to be any celebrities because none of them are allowed to promote movies or they're scabs. They're crossing a picket line of some sort. And I mean, even the ones that aren't, if it's an indie film, I guess you are allowed to, to come and promote it. But if it's a Hollywood production, you're not. They don't want to do it at all. They don't want the optics of it. These celebrities are rich. They don't need a trip to Toronto that badly to promote their movie. So fine, they're not going to do it. TIFF is going to be a bit of a bust this year if you are coming simply to see the stars. How has this not worked out yet? We're talking about movies with multi-billion dollar budgets. How can they not figure out how to appropriately compensate an artist for their artistry? Well, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it goes much deeper than that. I mean, it's about these big companies selling these shows. You know, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad's a great example. He's one of the more recent ones to step forward and say, I didn't get a fucking dime off of them selling that to other streaming services. Tell me how that's fair. Like, it's not fair. You know, he doesn't get anything for it. And then there's obviously the threat of AI scares the shit out of a lot of actors sure who, who've done scans. I'll give you an I've been reading a lot of articles about it because I do find it all very fascinating. But um, when Will Smith, for example, has done movies where he, uh, it, you know, it, sometimes they look aged or they look younger. That's all AI. And they do face scans. Who owns the face scans? Because in a lot of cases, apparently, unless you signed a good contract and you had a good lawyer to look over that contract, those movie studios actually own the rights to the face scans. So who's to stop them from once they find a good enough technology to mimic or any artist really, but an actor like Will Smith range, who's what's going to stop them if legally it was in their right to fa scan his face. You know what I mean? So a lot of that shit is scaring actors. And that's one of the re that's one of the things that is a part of that strike for the actors anyway. The writers, a little bit different. They want money and they want to be compensated for when their work is sold to other platforms. They're not seeing a dime there too. I like I understand that. It kind of boggles my mind that they don't see any money. But is this just the difference between smart and naive? For example, we have contracts. We work with contracts all the time. And and I know that part of my contract is, is I have to do certain things on the radio, I have to do certain things in the podcast, this, that, and the other thing. And that's fine. I know that. Now, if the company decided, okay, you know what? We're going we're gonna to sell the Scott and Cat show to Taiwan, and there's going to be a Scott and Cat show in Taiwan. Okay, I mean, I could have worked out a deal that if you guys sell it, I get a cut of it, but I didn't work out that deal. So they could do that, and I don't know if anybody over in Taiwan really wants to hear the Scott and Cat <laughs> show, but if they wanted to, our company yeah, could example, sell it to though. them. And, yeah. and I just don't understand why now people come back and, and say things like, well, I didn't get a penny when they licensed it to Amazon. Well, first off, when you signed on, was Amazon a reality? Because if it wasn't, and this is a new thing, you might have a case. But if you knew that you were doing a buyout Pay me a flat rate, million dollars, and I'll do your whole five seasons of this show. If it's a bio, they can do whatever they want with it. You're not entitled to anything because it's not in your contract. Everything has to be stipulated. And now that we know all the different things that could be out there, whether it's AI, license to streaming, uh, whatever the next evolution is, I'm sure they have a better idea than I do. Maybe the next thing is you'll be able to, I don't know, put on Google glasses and, and watch a movie while you're driving. Who knows what it is? 
Take those things into account, figure out what you're worth, and then yeah. sell it appropriately. Well, they do now. And some actors are really good and have always been really good with um, putting things into their contracts. It was a newer thing for those who had the power at the at the box office, if you will, to put in their contract. Robert Downey Jr., one of the first that we knew of, but many, many have done it since him, of saying, no, Iron Man makes a lot of fucking movie, and if I wasn't uh, money, and if I wasn't the star of Iron Man, you wouldn't make as much money, so fuck you, I get a percentage of sales at the box office too. And he did that, and he ended up making way more money than he would have had he took that flat rate of $10 million to make the movie. Instead, he made $50 because guess what? He gets a cut of the profits of this, that, and the next thing. So some have done that. Um, but there's a lot of things that are newer. The AI thing's scary. The weird ironic thing is, is that with actors being off and writers being off, production houses are using this time to see how AI scripting would work. Ah, They're allowed to do that. So oddly enough, as a strike sometimes does, it could end up hurting them a little bit more because they have time to kind of figure out and configure and practice what would that look like if we got script written by AI? Do we at least have good bones to work with here and then just have someone fix it up? Mm-hmm. It's essentially cutting jobs in the future. You know what I mean? So it's it's an interesting thing to to read up on. If you're interested in reading up on it, there's a lot of different things. And I know people will feel differently. Some people think these people make way too much money anyway. So stop complaining. But I don't know if it was you and your likeness being sold around and, and purchased here and there and... Another good example is Squid Game. Humongous here, right? Yeah. Do you think any of those people that started Squid Game got a fucking penny when it came to North America and blew up? Not a fucking dime. Okay, but this so is- like, give me a break. This I is, don't think that's fair. This is the risk you run, though. I mean, Squid Game could have just as easily been a flop. It could have been panned for being grotesquely violent and a horrible premise and blah, blah, blah. It-, it Lightning strikes when lightning strikes. And, and you know what? For as many as do strike, there's a lot that flop. It could have been just as easy a situation oh, a lot of where wasted, yeah. they lost a shit ton of money, and it's yeah. not like they'd be given the they'd go to the actors and say, "Well, Canada didn't buy Squid Game, and Netflix USA didn't buy it, so we were hoping they would." So, you want to give us back about eighty grand? That would never happen. Mm. So, it can't work in reverse either, unless it's a pre-negotiated thing. I just don't understand why people aren't taking these contingencies into account and putting them right in their deal in the first well, place. Well, they are now. Now, you they know are. what I mean? Like that's what this is all about, and the the big production houses aren't going to just, I think I understand like they don't, they don't need to go backwards. I, I don't think they should go backwards. They're like, Oh, you're right. Okay. So how much, I'm sorry. How much did you, did you got for breaking bad? How much did you got for Sopranos that ran on this and that afterwards? How much did you got? Probably not. But if they can, if they can agree that going forward, every single contracted actor in SAG receives this percentage, or maybe if you're George Clooney, you're allowed to get a higher percentage, for example. I don't know what that looks like, but that's what they're really arguing, too. There's a number of things, but those are the top ones. A lot of people asking me, hey, are you going to talk about the green belts in in the podcast? How about for 60 seconds? Because I want to move on, and I think the green belt thing is stupid. Yesterday, Steve Clark resigned. He did it. Everybody wanted him to step down, and he did. He stepped down. Good. That's the right thing to do. I just want to point out, because I know that Doug Ford is actually doing a news conference as we speak, and it oh, yeah? frustrates the shit out of me that he does that while we're recording. Damn it. But anyway, we'll probably have something on this for you tomorrow. But all of this could have been avoided by simply keeping your promise. When he said, I hear you folks, you don't want me to open the green belt, I'm not going to open the green belt. If you think back to how 
all of this could have been avoided, not breaking one of your signature campaign promises would have been a good start. Yeah. None of this would have happened if he would have just left the damn green belt alone. And what's weird is I feel like this isn't even a partisan thing. It's not like liberals want it to stay locked and no development and conservatives want it developed. I think we all agree. We want the green belt to be protected and preserved. Now, could we improve upon it? Absolutely. Is all of the area in the green belt really sensitive land? Are there really ecosystems and habitats that are going to be affected if we put up another condo along Highway 6? No. We could take some of that land out. <laughs> Sorry. We absolutely could take some of that land out. There's probably other areas that should be protected that aren't currently protected. We could put the whole thing up on the hoist and make sure that the green belt is actually protecting endangered species and, again, habitats, ecosystems, wildlife, that sort of thing. We could. But not under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. You fucked around and now you find out. No wonder your poll numbers are dropping at Queen's Park there because you said you wouldn't do it and you did. And now it looks like people are getting paid off and fucking bribed and the Mounties might be investigating, the OPP might be investigating. It's a gong show that all could have been avoided by just keeping your promise. I think I'm reading the room right here when I say... Canadians would probably like a politician or two that actually did what they said they were going to do and stuck to their promises. Never heard of it. And that's a problem. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk real estate in two seconds, just quickly here. It's a story that we couldn't do on the morning show, but I actually kind of like it. Uh, people seem to like to post on social media when they uh, do something like this, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, woman, actually, it was the waitress. No, actually, I'm pretty sure it was the woman. It was the woman herself that uploaded this pic. It's a receipt from a dining out experience that she had. I've seen this. $32.76. Next to the tip, you know, you write in, oh, 15%, 20%, whatever. It's just a note that says, don't call my husband's sweetheart. <laughs> Zero. I guess the waitress, at some point during this encounter, called the woman's husband sweetheart. No tip because of that. So it's got the conversation going in a lot of different ways. People, again, are back to the whole, we shouldn't tip. Servers should make a livable right, wage. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I've right, heard. Right, right. I, I actually disagree with you on that, but that's for another day. I, um, there's some people who think that servers now have to re-examine how they address anybody at the table and leave out things like sweetheart, sweetie, hun, sugar, any of those names that you might use because apparently it'll affect your tip if you use it the wrong way. Whereas it used to be the other way. If the waitress calls me sweetie, I might be a little happy. Eh, I'm going to give her an extra five bucks or something there. She I was a nice girl. I think still works. I think this does still work for some people. First comment on this thread. What an insecure bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Is it insecure? Was, that's kind of where I was heading towards. Who gives a shit? Sweetheart, honey. I, I mean, I find it kind of endearing because it, usually it's the like I find anyway. Usually it's like the older women that are like, here you go, honey, sweetie. Like, I don't care. I don't. I think it's cute. I think it's adorable. I, I have no problem with it. Did she do that and then flash her tit? Like, I don't understand what your problem is. <laughs> I doubt it. So it's fine. It, it's also a little passive aggressive. I don't understand why if it truly bothered you that much that a female server called your husband, sweetheart, while she was in the process of taking his order, or, I don't know, maybe he asked for water, or, I don't know, whatever it was that, that led to the sweetheart. Why did you wait till the end, write her a note, 
screw her on the tip, and then dip. Mm. Why didn't you just yeah. say to her, sir, you know, I don't think I like it when you call my husband sweetheart. Yeah, how about we just keep this professional here? More than enough. Mm-hmm. And if you, st- if you don't yeah. want to leave her a tip, fine. I don't understand why we have to do this, write a note and run. And oh, make sure you upload it to social media. It, it's just such a... I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see any scenario where you should feel... I mean, obviously, yeah, she's, she's got a lot more going on. She's, she's insecure, for sure. Like, without a doubt in my mind. And last but certainly not least... From the show Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran. <laughs> I love Barbara. She's great. She's got, she's nuts. She's that's totally why I, nuts. That's why I like it in all the best ways. She has um, she does regular TikToks, and and this one that she put out got a little bit of attention because the headline was "How to Ask for a Raise," even when the company says there's no money for raises. There's a lot of people in that position, right? Holy shit! I need a raise. I'm right. gonna go talk to the boss, and they oh the cupboards are bare. Yeah. Oh, bad quarter. Oh, this and that. They've got every excuse under the sun. Right. No money for raises. Sure. She says, this is the surefire method to get a raise, even when the company says no raises. Hey, you want to get a raise? I'm a boss. I'm going to tell you how. If you've taken on more responsibilities than you've been hired for, you deserve a raise. Make an appointment with your boss and take your list of new responsibilities with you and show him how you deserve it. And if he says there's no room in the budget, don't believe it. Somebody's getting that money in their pocket. (laughs) Somebody is. One more time. Hey, you want to get a raise? I'm a boss. I'm going to tell you how. If you've taken on more responsibilities than you've been hired for, you deserve a raise. Make an appointment with your boss and take your list of new responsibilities with you and show him how you deserve it. And if he says there's no room in the budget, don't believe it. Somebody's getting that money in their pocket. Somebody is. Do we have any issue with her referring twice in there to the boss as a man with male pronouns? Oh, I didn't notice until you brought it up. Okay. Hey, she's a female and she's a boss. I'm Probably because she's seen it because she's seen it so many times. Um, the thing that I'll mention is she does, she does explain in the beginning there that I think this is geared more towards people who know that they've taken on way more responsibility than they agreed to when they got the job, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're hired on as, you know, this a production manager of that, but eh, but you've also added on this to your plate and that to your plate and that to your plate and that to your plate. So I think there's nothing wrong with kind of showing them on paper with look at all the other things that I handle other than being this manager that you hired me for or whatever. It doesn't even matter what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. And what she's saying is possibly true, but it depends on the industry, right? Like, I mean, if she's she's saying someone's getting that money, what she's saying is they're trying to make two jobs out of one, like try to make two jobs out of one. That's it. You are now doing two jobs for the price of one. And a lot of people feel that way these days, especially Mm -hmm. a lot of people feel like I am overworked. I'm working way more than eight hours a day. I am answering emails at night. I am doing that and that. So it's specifically for those people, I think, that feel as though all of a sudden they've got two jobs in one and that doesn't seem fair. They're essentially cutting a job and saving money that way. So where she's coming from, yeah, maybe there's more money for them in that way. But when you take on those responsibilities, keep that in mind for yourself, right, too. I mean, I guess you just agree because you don't want to lose your job. And a lot of the people in these comments, by the way, have said this is exactly what I did, but I got fired. Was the outcome? Yeah, because you're crazy. You're causing shit. This is why. And yeah. and I'm not saying you're literally causing shit, but that's the way it's perceived. Hey, I want to raise, and I've written out all the different reasons that I want to raise. And you know, when I came here, I was making I don't know twenty five bucks an hour, and and these were my responsibilities. Well, now I'm I'm not making much more than that, and I've got double the responsibility. 
okay, I mean, be that as it may, you don't think they took that into account when they fired one person and gave you half their responsibilities? The they why. know that. Yeah. I think to know your business makes sense too. Totally. You got to know your business. Do you know that they're probably you're probably cash strapped as a business, as a worker of that business? Then it's probably not a smart idea for you to go marching in there with your listed demands. If you know that the company is actually cash strapped and the, that's kind of smart, right? But if you're seeing all of a sudden holy shit, our stocks are flying, like we're doing great. And and this boss of mine just got a, a new car and he's and then he's making a ton of money and the, my superiors are making so much more money. Then you can start to ask the questions and say, what the fuck here? I know that there's some wiggle room, wiggle room as they like to put it, well, for that, a little more money. That's one of the things that's always been an indicator for me. You You see the management really thriving. And in a lot of cases, they've taken on extra responsibility too. And sure. let's not get it twisted. I mean, hey, yeah. if if a couple people got fired and a few others took on some of their responsibility, you have to know the boss took on some of that responsibility as well. But people can see it. They can see that they're working their butt off mm-hmm. for not much more than they were making. But then up there in management, oh, wow, brand new Mercedes. Oh, wow, they're going out for lunch again. Oh, wow, work sending them overseas. You can start to see patterns develop and when the patterns really favor luxury on the high end or maybe you work for a publicly traded company and it's common knowledge what your ceo makes in bonuses and salary and you can see that there's that big uh, a discrepancy then maybe you've got a shot but i'd be more tempted to take it that way hey you probably work the exact same hours as the ceo of your company fuck do they do all day you're working hard what do they do all day for millions of dollars in stock options and salaries? When you're over here hurting, trying to pay the grocery bill and stuff, it just doesn't seem fair. So that I understand, but you do have to understand. You have to. You, you do have to know the company. Pick your moments yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, usually the beginning of a quarter, end of a quarter, you set them up for it. Ask for it at the beginning of a quarter. That's usually good, especially the start of a new fiscal year. Um, there was one other thing that she talked about though, and and I didn't take a close look at this, but I know you did, Cat. She was talking about the real estate market, and and Barbara Corcoran here seems to think that it's going to be sunshine and roses soon. And Eventually. I'm, I'm curious to hear why. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, there's a TikTok video once again, um, but she mentions that housing house prices will go up. And once those interest rates go down even slightly, okay, so we know we're even, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, likely not going to move. If it drops even one percentage, she said it's going to be a fucking gong show in the real estate market again. Mm-hmm. Homes are going to be going up. They're going to go up well over asking. All it's going to take is that to have P. And she might be right. She might be right. I think she is. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's it's I, possible. I think a lot of people that are trying to sell their house right now are praying that she's right because I know it's really, really difficult. Yeah, in a lot of places really it difficult. is. Well, I mean, it's hard to get even approved for a mortgage right now. By yeah. the time you go through the stress test and you got to go through the stress test at these higher rates, that means that people, even though they still make the same amount of money they did, qualify for less of a mortgage. So they either need a bigger down payment or they got to start looking at cheaper homes. And mm-hmm. if it's under a million... There's not a lot of homes out there for under a million dollars in this area. No, there's not. So I I get it. I I certainly understand why. If they do lower those rates, though, and a whole bunch more people can get back into the market, you watch how quickly those houses are going to sell. In fact, I'll tell you what. If you want to get rich and you own your home, (laughs) get ready to sell. Get ready. Just have it in the back of your mind you know what? There might be a a real good opportunity here 
to pull way more money out of this house than we otherwise could. So just in the back of your mind, you might want to start having some chats with some realtors and just tell them, when the time comes, I'm going to pull the trigger and we're going to go and you're going to get me double the asking price and I am going to peace out and move to an island in the Caribbean. <laughs> just like that. And retire just like that. Yeah. If you've got a million dollar home and a chance to sell it for a million five, take the half a million dollars and run. That's my unqualified advice. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go, guys. Have a great day. We are back. There's a brand new After Nines every day this week. So make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and enjoy. Bye, friends.